with mars we have this idea that it is very commonly called as mangalik mangalik is basically certain combinations of mars are present in the horoscope whether they're in the seventh house eighth house couple of other years are there so that causes a disturbance in the married life previously it used to be believed that it will cause death to the spouse today mostly divorce or separation but there are rituals and pujas that uh, can be done to pacify that or there are um, uh, combinations for example normally what they do is that there's a horoscope matching that can be done whether that other individual also has similar mangalik dosha so it kind of cancels it out so whenever somebody tells me that Gita says this first question is tell me the sloka because the Gita is the most popular book also is the most abused book really people have their own understanding fed into the Gita Gita ye bhi bol rahe, wo bhi bol rahe. finally to ek din pata chalega Gita mani, one book will have for everything uh, Gita is wonderful text but Gita is not at all an easy text people have made it easy because they have own their own understandings also they have fed into most people don't know Sanskrit they read commentaries commentaries ka bhi commentaries padte <laughs> and then they add up things and pick up one two slokas from here and there and make up an idea Achha, Gita may be saying that Gita says a lot of things about a lot of things by the way Gita is a progression from chapter 1 to chapter 18 it is a progression this episode is a deep dive into the basics and slightly intermediate aspects of Vedic astrology if you're someone who doesn't know anything about even astrology in general, I think this episode is a fantastic theoretical starting point. Promise you this one's heavy. It'll teach you a lot about astrology. It'll polish up your skills if you know the basics. And it's with a TRS All-Star. Rajeshi Nandi sir returns on TRS. Make sure you take notes for this one. It's one of the ultimate 101s on Vedic astrology on the Indian internet. Enjoy yourselves, guys. And keep learning with Rajeshi Nandi and TRS. The Emperor of Tantra is back. <laughs> Raja Shinandi, sir. Welcome back. We're not going to be talking only about Tantra right. in this one. Mm -hmm. We're doing an Astrology 101. Okay. And I had a lot of chances to do ABCs about astrology, the advanced explanation of it with lots of people over the years. Right. I was waiting for the right person. And I didn't even know that you knew about astrology until we had a little phone call where yeah, yeah. you helped mm. me out a bit. Mm. And we won't talk a, a lot about mm. my personal chart right. and all that. But uh, this particular conversation is mainly so that people just understand mm -hmm. astrology in its most classical form. Fundamentals. Yeah. ABCs of it. Right. And then maybe <laughs> we'll build upon it. I don't know whether it'll be a one-hour conversation or a three-hour conversation. <laughs> so let's just we'll start see. talking. Um, where would you like to begin? I do have a slightly Western question to begin with, mm -hmm. which is that when someone's born on a particular date mm -hmm. of the year, so say mm -hmm. you're born on June 1st, I'm technically a Gemini, mm -hmm. according to the Gregorian explanation mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. uh, how did the Gregorian calendar come up? How did these Gemini, Libra, Pisces and all these signs come up there? Did they take it from the East? Did it spread out of the East? Has it developed parallelly? Do they follow the same kind of principles that we do? Mm. Or is it something completely different? Because whatever research I've ended up doing, I feel like there are some parallels. Mm. But 
it's like a slightly less detailed system of what we have in the east mm-hmm. sorry if i confused you at the top no, of this no, podcast no no it's not confusing but it's uh, this covers a lot of top ground okay. your question before i start joy ma gamakha joy bhairav baba so uh, i believe that astrology uh, or what we call as jyotisha jyotisha has been an integral part of uh, hindu dharma okay to the extent that uh, it is believed that in order to have expertise in vedas there has to be certain vedanga which is limbs of the vedas a person must know and of these limbs uh, various things are there sanskrit and ritualism and a couple of other things not going into that but one of the limbs is considered as jyotisha jyotisha was considered as the eye of the vedas okay it gives you an ability to see beyond the normal okay now uh, development of jyotish uh, uh, when it comes to the west uh, i think it's possible that two aspects are there now i can't be 100% sure of this because I, perhaps a historian will be able to tell you better but there has been a parallel developments of uh, astrology uh both in ancient uh, you know uh, west uh, and as well as india plus it is also possible that some parts of the uh, astrological techniques that was there might have migrated from west to india but once it came here it not only got modified it got let's say expanded to a level which was not there originally some of the techniques now this is what scholars believe i personally have no opinion either way it doesn't matter whether it fully uh, um, organically developed here or it developed but there was some input from the west also i think some of the astrologers do mention texts uh, uh, with this uh, title of yavana and all that yavana means the greek texts and all that so there could have been some cultural exchanges okay uh, now coming to the first point is that there is however a strong difference between the western astrology for the sake of this conversation i'll use the word western astrology to denote all that is in the west while we have jyotisha here okay. one of the primary difference is that acha uh, so these the zodiac belt is an imaginary belt by the way okay looking at the uh, the stars and the nakshatras so there are certain animal figures and all that that have been created uh, and this was observed by people who are sort of sky watchers it was independently observed in india it was independently observed in the west etc so but remember that it's an imaginary belt so you are assuming that this is a belt like this okay so and it is divided into uh, what we call the in uh, in our term the rashis or the houses okay 12 rashis are there 12 houses are there as in 12 signs in the west 12 signs and for us is 12 rashis rashis okay. okay key difference is that our the zodiac belt there is a there is okay before that also let me just say that uh, at an ancient time in india astrology was not divorced from mathematics so if you if you did not know there is a part called falita falita means which is predictive and there is a part called ganit ganit means mathematics so if you did not know the mathematics you could not become an astrologer it's not possible today you have softwares and this and that to make things but those days you need to know how will you calculate the position tentative position of the planets there's a saying i learned on the show hmm. they say that mathematics is the language of the universe which is so true every subject is the language of the universe if you go to that depth it's not just mathematics if you develop the eyes you will enjoy the orchestra very well okay uh, just general statement sure <laughs> no i i understand what you're saying hmm. uh 
so coming back to the what we were discussing so these uh, uh, so the calculation part so as i mentioned there's a mathematics that is involved there okay uh, and there's a mathematics involved in the west also so people who were sort of astronomers obviously in astronomy there is mathematical ability that is required not everybody can do that so only more or less those people or those who had a scientific mindset by the way they were the people interested in things like astrology okay so for example i think um, if i'm not mistaken even newton had while he was a great scientist he also had many of these beliefs and he had written about these things okay so it was it, it was something that was not divorced from each other it was parallel to each other if you were not good with uh, looking at the skies and figuring out the you know the constellations and things like that and the mathematics you could not do this okay now having said that so there is a calculation based on which the zodiac is defined okay some mathematical calculation is there in, inherently here there is something known as precision of equinoxes i am not going into the details of it <laughs> okay this is from astronomy anybody interested can uh, you know find out more of this but uh, so the zodiac is an imaginary belt now we uh, from the the hindu philosophers they saw the zodiac in the background of the stars the nakshatras the stars are very far off so stars are outside of the our galaxy they are very far off okay so on the background of the stars they defined the zodiac belt whereas uh, the west did not do it this way they defined the zodiac belt using some other parameters okay now this caused over periods of over long periods of time this caused the difference in the tilt of the zodiacs to the degree i this may this may all just you know bear with me for some time because sure. this may all be a little yeah but um, uh, sounds technical but it's not actually that difficult uh, so basically what happens is effectively the western zodiac and the jyotisha zodiac has about i think 23 24 degrees difference in them in the tilt okay. which results in what so if you are born in so when you are do, when you say a generic statement that i am a um, gemini or a taurus or whatever it is so uh, first of all um, the very average statement is that's taken as the position of the sun okay in the western system the sun is in gemini sun is in taurus so you are saying that mm. you are in taurus but if you use the hindu calculation you might find that the position is different instead of taurus it may be in aries i will have to just pause you here and make it slightly simpler i've got what you're trying to say when you're born there's a map of the sky above you right now for the map of the earth hmm. you draw out the land you draw out the mountains you draw out the oceans mm -hmm. that's how you know where you are correct in hmm. order to draw out the sky hmm. you can only do that through the positions of the sun of planets in your solar system and of the stars sort of now the stars can be divided the entire map of the sky above you can be divided into 12 parts 12 parts yes and depending on where the sun is where mars is where venus is mm. uh, that has certain astrological effects correct now you're saying the difference between the western and the eastern way of looking at the same subject is that we have a 23 degree difference in the map so the map has just slightly moved yeah so 23 degrees away sort of and uh, this is we in hindu system we call the ayanamsha that's a term that's used ayanamsha basically um, this 23 degree difference causes a difference in the position of the planets when you are trying to make a uh, chart okay uh, difference number 
Difference number two is that the West uses certain different techniques. At least the older astro older astrological um, uh, uh, writings, a uh, little bit that I've gone through. I'm not extremely proficient in the Western system. Uh, it uses a different set of techniques, whereas the Hindus use a different set of techniques. We have wide variety of techniques because Jyotish has been developed over centuries by some of the finest minds, um, Parashara, Varaha, Mihira, etc. They were fantastic people, excellent high IQ, terrific individuals. Okay, So as I said, they were also capable and knowledgeable in multiple other fields. Uh, in mathematics and things like that. So it went in parallel. So obviously, somebody who's good in mathematics has to be highly intelligent. There are international listeners. There yeah. are people who may not be open to the Eastern way of looking right. at things. But for the sake of understanding the subject much more in detail, mm. I think at this point, we should head straight into the Eastern breakdown of astrology. Correct. Uh, and I feel that whether or not you believe in the Eastern school of thought or the Western school of thought, uh, by the end of this conversation, you'll have learned a lot and you'll be able to apply it in whatever format of astrology you're following. I'm also learning about these in this much detail for the first time. Okay. Um, but before I let you continue, again, I'm going to give some basics here which I picked up from the show. Uh, and please correct me wherever you think sure, I'm sure. wrong. Like you can interrupt. First rule is that when a baby is born, they note down the time, they note down the place and obviously the date. Right. And that's the map of the sky that you draw out on your astrological chart. Correct. That's the basic. Mm. Then the other logic here is that each of these planets, the sun, uh, each of these celestial bodies, mm. like the sun, the moon mm. and the planets, and even their combinations mm. have a certain kind of effect on the astrological chart. Correct. Um, BK Shivani on this show said that astrological charts are great representations of a soul's journey till the point they took this birth. Mm -hmm. In terms of all the karmas from mm. the previous births mm. land up as this astrological mm. chart. Mm. And it's a likely scenario of what can happen in your life. Mm. But as you move forward in this lifetime, mm. through your actions, through your karmas, mm. through your mm. um, sadhana, your meditations and disciplines, maybe you can even shift your astrological charts and you can make it better for yourself. Or if you do evil things, you can make it worse for yourself. So mm. it's just the mapping of the soul's journey till that point. Mm. Now, I also know that it's difficult to change your astrological chart for the average everyday person who's going to office, coming back mm. home, having a family, having mm. things to do. Mm -hmm. So if you know about your own astrological chart, mm. it just makes living slightly more convenient. Mm. Or you can anticipate that certain difficult mm. phases are coming. Mm. And if you have a spiritual journey, if you're into Tantra, mm. you'll be able to combine your practices with the best outcomes for your future. Mm. Um, have I missed out any point here from the basics? No, most of it is correct. But I, uh, the few points I look at it differently. Sure. So I'll explain sure. them. Uh, more or less what you told is right. So basically, uh, having covered the part about the difference... And also there are uh, just one more line. The Western system uses certain different techniques than we do. Okay. Some of those have also been integrated into certain aspects of astrology in India. But that's more deeper. We'll go later into that um, if the conversation goes there. But uh, coming back to... <laughs> it will. <laughs> coming back to the topic. Uh, so basically, yeah, at the moment when it is born, uh, when somebody, some, somebody is born for that matter, not just an individual, by the way. It could also be an event. 
So there are different branches of astrology in Hindu system. So one there is the Jatakam which is for the individual horoscope. Then there is something known as Muhurta. Muhurta means uh, uh, at this specific moment what are the planetary combinations there and from there you can make certain predictions or for example, suppose a particular you are starting a company. Okay, the moment the company is getting registered, or you are entering into a new house, the moment you are entering into the new house, etc., the graha conditions at that moment can tell you what is likely to happen in the future. Okay, so that's like a birth of a thing. Birth need not be an animate; it can be an animate object also. It, looking at the time when an individual is taking oath, you can predict that how his that you know party or that individual in oath in terms of say even a political party or somebody in some other capacity you can say that how things are going to go okay so not going into more details on this but this is the broad outlook of things oh and there is another aspect of jyotisha which is a bit rare which is um, uh, which is like a destiny of land masses Okay, this is something I have not explored too much, but it is also there, which means that, so what is the destiny of this, uh, say, Southeast Asia or, or certain parts of the world? So that has its own rules also. But that is the aspect of Jyotish that is least explored, more or less. The most common is individual horoscopes and, of course, muhurtas. Okay. Now, when a person is born, there's date, time, place, you know these things. From this, you can get a map of the skies. Map means basically... Uh, after the Rashis, there are 12 Rashis I mentioned. The next most important thing is the nine Grahas. Okay. 12 houses, 12 signs. 12 signs, 12 Rashis. The signs of the Rashis, what you call, which is like the, uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, yeah. Cancer and all the same thing. Okay. On an Indian astrological chart, mm. do the 12 different houses represent different aspects of your life like i have heard that the first house represents your personality second house represents yes, your marriage yes of course that is the whole basis in which you using which you predict okay but only rashis are not enough next comes the grahas nine grahas are there the navagrahas so it is important here because uh, to mention this uh, so then the word graha uh, means it comes from the root word in sanskrit which means to grasp okay something that grasps your mind and governs you, basically. So are these actually the physical planets? Yes and no. Both are important to understand. While we take the position of the physical planets, but let us for the sake of discussion assume that a graha is like the astral projection of one of the physical planets. Wow. Okay? Yeah. That is why you are able to also manipulate the grahas a bit. That comes in the last part of Jyotish. And by the way, not just in the East, in Western occult also, they have ways of invoking planets. Okay. So what exactly is it that is invoking? If you're worship, if you're doing certain prayer, certain sadhanas for Jupiter, for example, Brihaspati, which is Jupiter, suppose. Okay. Is it the physical planet? Is it changing anything? Nothing. But there is, everything has its own, uh, let us just take an, you know, a projection of itself. That projection which contains the essence the tattu of the graha can interact with you and cause certain changes one way or the other depending on how you are approaching it for example saturn is shani mm -hmm. is the god spoken about in the puranas no no it's not like that so graha so god means not in the god so these are grahas is the devata spoken about in the prayer? devatas are higher than this devata means <laughs> devata means if you say shiva or ganpati they're much higher than this okay 
Okay. Okay. So this is just personification of the planets. Personification, correct word. Okay. Personification of the planets. Let's okay. look at it that way. Okay. And it has certain effects. It each, it can each. have effects if you approach it in a certain manner, positive and negative both. It is a accumulation of right as you said the the birth chart gives you an accumulation of what karmas you might have done till that point of time. Okay. Uh, now what happens as I was mentioning in the other podcast. Is that ninety nine percent of the people? I think I don't know whether I mentioned it. So ninety nine percent of the people lead their life just as a reaction to actions they have performed. So when I get a question from somebody that what is the purpose of my life, um, I'm afraid to say out of hundred people, ninety nine have no purpose. But you are just reacting to things that have happened. That's all. Okay, purpose and all that comes in later. For very few people, they have it. Most are just what purpose? You you <laughs> you finish school, you go into college, then you work, then you get married, then you have kids, uh, then you grow older, then you die. So that's all. What's the purpose? So it's just reaction. Sometimes you are happy, sometimes you are sad. This, that, and all that. Uh, so what happens? What is what I mean by that is that because of the momentum of actions you have done, more or less your destiny is in broad lines. It is set. Which means that if you look at a horoscope at the moment of birth, and it is indicating, suppose that this person will have a bad marriage, okay, there are almost ninety-nine to hundred percent chance that he will go through bad relationships or marriage in the context of the times, okay. Say context of the times means suppose the uh, in say five hundred years ago somebody is seeing a chart and saying that your spouse is going to die, okay. Five hundred years ago, we did not have divorces and all that as much. So today, spouse will not die, but divorce will happen. Something like that. Okay, mm. so more or less, that what I mean is that because the accumulated momentum of karmas are such that the chart kind of eighty to ninety percent will sort of give you a broad indication of where it is going, and it will happen that way. How the intensity may differ, but the basic lines are kind of set because at any given point, a person is not alone or he is not outside of time. There is a past and there is a future. The pressure from the past. And the pull from the future is what makes you at this moment in time. <laughs> and only Karl Bharov can take you out of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we go into a very deep conversation about Karl Bharov and how deities are also a part of this, again I have to boil it down to the ABCs here. Um, do you want to talk about the twelve houses right now, or do you want to talk about? The planets and all the effects. Yeah, sure. But before that, there's one more small aspect that needs to be mentioned. So there are three types of karmas, more or less. Okay, for easy understanding, and it plays a part in the Jyotish and it's relevant to the question of how your birth chart affects you. Okay, so first is there's one part of the karma that is dhira. Dhira means fixed. Okay, certain combinations can indicate in certain individuals. It may not be in everybody. That some karma is fixed. Fixed karma means you just have to bear with it. You can't do anything about it. It cannot be changed. You will have to face it. Nobody in the world can change it. Then there is some part of the karmas which are drira adrira, which means that fixed and unfixed. Which means basically, fundamentally, it translates to this: that if you do some kind of upaya pariharam, pariharam means some uh, specific mantras or some puja, etc. Depending on the horoscope, there is a chance that part of it will be negated, and maybe uh, certain say intensity was coming at ten, it comes down to three or two or something. It's more bearable. Okay, and then the third is the adhira, which is not fixed. Not fixed karmas are just showing a tendency, 
they're very easy to change you don't need to chant or do any ritual all you need is a strong mind you just want the will power using your will power you can change it so these are three types of karmas that will reflect in a horoscope i've been advised not to understand the laws of karmas that deeply okay by gorangadas prabhu he was on the show last week okay and when i kept deep diving into questions related to karma he said don't try understanding it fully he spoke about these things he spoke about prarabdh karma and all those aspects as well but he's like in the gita there's a part that says karma is such a complex subject to understand that you'll go crazy if like you try understanding those i have a different perspective of this so what i think that aspect is um, uh, so karmana gahana gati there's a particular phrase in the gita so currents of karma are very deep uh, yes that is true to the extent that if you want to find out that i am sitting here and i suddenly have a headache ki what is the karmic reason for me to get a headache you will not find that reason because there might have been something 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 but what i am talking about is something that is very fundamental to understanding jyotish okay there is nothing i uh, uh, the way i look at it so these three if you don't understand you will not understand that why is it that certain things can be changed and certain things cannot be changed and i uh, just remembered i think i had read one of these um, cartoon strips long back i used to read kelvin and hobbs and mm. he makes this wonderful statement i forgot that the, you know god give me the strength to <laughs> what cannot be changed that you enjoy it or something like that so very fantastic line that was there so there are certain aspects which you can't change in certain individuals okay there are certain combinations once i and i have seen that in the course of when i have done readings and all these days i do very less but when i have done them so that nobody can change it doesn't matter you can go to all the temples in the world go to every single spiritual person in the world every person jayega hi nahi hoga hi nahi if you're only meant to live for 39 years of your life you'll die at age 39 that's one example of something like this let's say sort of it depends it's not like it's not that simple okay there are certain combinations of grahas which if present and i'll not go into details of that because the problem with astrology though is that right about when you start combinations everybody opens their chart first thing okay and that's the last thing you should do because you will never be objective when you are doing your own analysis mm. you have to learn from other people okay people with whom you have no emotional connect cool. that will give you the lesson anyway so certain combinations are there which if present it indicates that it's a very fixed karma can you give an example of a karma which can be changed through will power so many things uh for example i'm growing fat i need to become thin all right start exercising eat less fast will power is acting see in the yogic format as i was just telling you there is the physical body there is the vital plane where there is the astral body there is the mind a perfectly working yogi is one where the mind controls the vital your emotional and the emotions and the vital body controls your physical body but for people what happens just the ulta mind has no control so the emotions that control a to z hmm i feel like eating i feel like going out with my friends i feel like enjoying etc that's all your emotional talk okay. and that's the goal of yoga to have complete control over your yes. mind yes and do you know what is the uh in in another aspect another way of looking at it this vital power that is there uh who is the greatest representative of this vital force hanuman ji what does he do initially he is when he is jumping over the ocean he doesn't know what powers he has then he is told then he gets it okay and he sublimates it whole to the feet of lord rama so 
basically the vital has tremendous power but it should not make its own judgment it puts itself into something higher in this case say the mind or in 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 the case of lord hanuman he puts it to rama okay so the moment that is done basically the idea is that don't let your emotions make the judgment hmm okay emotions are a tremendous force nothing in this world can happen without emotions but if you allow it to be your master then it is a terrible master hmm its role is that it should be in control of the mind because the mind is objective but that rarely happens in humanity as in the mind should be able to control the emotions and yes, not the other yes mind should give an order hmm and the emotions should follow but hmm. that's very difficult to achieve hmm that is the if you already achieve that then everybody will fall at your feet <laughs> you are already a saint have you achieved oh no forget me i am just an ordinary person <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i am just ordinary person that's all I, i probably have spoken to two or three people on this show who i believe have come close to it i'm not going to take names but mm-hmm. like of everyone i've spoken and these mm-hmm. are obviously like spiritually inclined people mm-hmm. who i think may have come little close to it. Mm-hmm. possible yeah you meet a lot of spiritual people so it's the goal of yoga mm-hmm. union between that's one goal of yoga <laughs> let's put it this way because <laughs> everything is the more you look the more you see that there are things okay 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 uh i let you take it forward where yeah. do you want to continue so with these understanding that there are three types of karmas now we spoke of the rashis there are uh, the 12 rashis we spoke of 12 signs that are there the zodiac signs uh and then there are the nine grahas and i told you that grahas are basically graspers of consciousness it is very important to understand that do you want to name the grahas yeah so uh, in if you speak in english so graha is not exactly the planet let me tell you this way so that's why sun is also a graha hmm. okay so i'm not talking about astronomy here okay it's from the jyotish point of view so the sun the moon mercury venus uh, jupiter saturn uh, and how much uh, six six na no? um jupiter mercury venus jupiter saturn then rahu and ketu are also there okay two of them these do not have physical presence okay so each of these rahu and ketu are two of the nodes nodes means so the moon is traveling around the earth right so there is a it's it's like uh, it's a point in space in calculation where it changes its direction northern direction is rahu southern direction is ketu so it doesn't have a physical presence uh i think an easy way to understand that is think of the head and tail of a serpent yeah so that is that is big, so uh, this is i'm talking about the calculation part of it sure. okay and when we see the uh, the head and tail of a serpent plus uh, rahu is one of the most powerful grahas okay in this age specifically as the ages go rahu becomes more powerful so sun for example sun is let's the first of the planets so basically sun represents certain qualities so one of the qualities could be sun may represent the government sun represents father leadership leadership fame fame comes from sun uh if sun is positive then it can give uh, um it can cure from many diseases uh including things like for example if there is uh, certain people have patches on the skin and things like that so there is some stories where uh certain people so those were cured by worship of sun etc so like that sun but most importantly sun will give you a lot of fame if sun is positive for an individual okay there's a lot of fame karna used to be a worshiper of surya okay so he, when you're saying positive for an individual you mean the com- combination of sun with which 
house slash rashi yeah there is then the more complicated thing that comes that when does a when is a graha positive and when is a graha negative hmm. okay in this there are certain sp- places where the graha will become more powerful and some places where the graha becomes weak so f- simply speaking sun becomes very powerful when it is in aries mesh first house okay of the zodiac and it becomes very weak when it is in tula tula is libra which is seventh just opposite to that okay it becomes very weak so because of the strength of the graha uh, it will have its own um power and behavior pattern will change of the human being involved no of the graha of the graha okay. and i told you that what graha means grasper so accordingly when sun is influencing an individual at a particular phase of time say if 3 years or 4 years those properties it will transfer into the individual gotcha understood okay that is how it grasps the consciousness that's why they and go makes like, you do things mm that's why they say things like oh your son is yeah. now in uh gemini that's why this kind of effect oh now your yeah. venus is in aries etc mm-hmm. um i got to pause you here and i know that this is pissing off some viewers who already know about astrology but i also got to talk to like more basic viewers yeah autobiography of a yogi has mm-hmm. an entire chapter on astrology where they talk about how every object in the world mm-hmm. has a kind of you can think of it as an electromagnetic energy or a spiritual energy mm-hmm. that it gives out mm-hmm. like how light has a dual mm. nature mm. of like being a wave form mm. as well mm. as photons Photo. mm. so in the same way everything like say the planets mm. have a solid nature mm. which is as the physical planet and then they have an energy that they're giving out correct you can think of it as in mm. the same way that every big object has gravity or every object in the world has gravity but mm. when an object is huge mm. it has more gravity mm. in the same way when an object is huge mm. it has a deeper cosmic effect mm. on a human being's life mm. and that object doesn't want to be negative or positive it just is hmm. and that's where this aspect of grahas hmm. comes in correct okay any anything you want to mention no not much but more or less these nine grahas are the fundamentals of jyotisha okay okay now now i think you should mention each one little little bit okay sun. so sun is like that as it say say fame and things like that on the other hand when to just give an example suppose so one of the other things on the negative side sun can also denote ego Okay. Hmm. Somebody with a very uh, strong sun may project a very strong ego, or even may misrepresented as being very arrogant, because sun is super confident. Okay. On the other hand, when sun is weak, lacks confidence, and may be internally insecure. I have seen horoscopes like that. So basically, they will be again a graha is, to to clarify a graha is never independent in the sense that uh, there are other aspects of it. It's like chemistry. Multiple grahas may be in the same house. Some graha may have something known as drishti effect, sight. So each graha can also see uh, the house that is seven distance from it, just Oppo- opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Okay. Some grahas have special drishtis. Okay, we'll go into that. This is details of astrology. Detail. This is actually these are all basics of astrology. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even okay, details, okay, but <laughs> okay, go on. Uh-huh. So, uh, so sun, so it, it creates that sense of insecurity and in, uh, can create an insecurity sense in the individual. And f- and the thing is that, um, for example, uh, if sun is weak, uh, they f- get affected by praise very easily, good or bad. 
if you praise them they become very happy but if you criticize them a bit they become very disturbed whereas when the graha is stronger it is more stable it is not ah theek hai praise ke liye koi baat nahi criticism also it doesn't take that seriously but it may project an image of ego or arrogance it depends on the overall horoscope okay at a very deep level astrology also has its own levels at a very deep spiritual level sun also represents the atma inside an individual it is the king of this solar system the atma is the king of your life like that your soul soul at another level <laughs> sun is shiva but it can also be rama depends on the horoscope okay so <laughs> these what are, does that mean so these come in later on so you have suppose um, suppose there is an affliction to sun in the horoscope i'm seeing and i see that it needs to be rectified or some uh, some way it can be cured or something like that so how do you do that there are three ways in which you can do that one is that you do certain activities related to that graha that makes the graha favorable towards you okay so for example Uh, some government agency or government related thing you make some donations or you do some work sun is connected to the government sun becomes happy but there is suppose some other kind of combination in the chart with respect to sun so i say that no this is not enough there you need the help of forces higher forces okay so how you need the help of devatas devatas are higher than these grahas but the grahas can map to certain devatas partial energies to some degree so depending again on the position of the sun i may say that uh, worship shiva or worship bhairava or worship lord rama rama is of the solar dynasty okay depending on the position of the sun or worship a specific mahavidya like a devi ha each graha can map to lot of things see this nine grahas will map to everything if you know it can map to everything it is the capacity of the astrology to find out that what exactly is the mapping happening and this is not exactly a science it's more like an art correctly find out so a good astrologer must also have a certain degree of experience and intuition okay after sun let's go to moon perhaps the most important graha in the horoscope if you ask me more than even the sun okay moon is your mind moon is your mother moon is water moon is milk okay these things moon is food items also certain things Uh, various other list of things are there uh, moon the graha itself is something that fluctuates so there is purnima and then there is amavasya so exactly like the human mind today i am happy tomorrow i am very sad day after again i am happy then i am sad so the moon is like that changing changing like that so the moon becomes very uh, powerful when exalted uh, when it is in taurus exalted means what? exalted means maximum power okay okay, okay. rishabha and it becomes very weak when it is in scorpio just seven houses separate okay a strong moon can indicate somebody who has lot of emotional self control and who has the capacity to enjoy even in stressful times that inner wo stability stability but not just a dry stability bliss because it's liquid moon is water so that sense of happiness and joy also is governed by moon are you okay giving names of like celebrities or no okay no me. no individual <laughs> charts i'll go into but uh, uh, let's just say that yeah moon gives you that um, that feeling of contentment inside 
स्ट्रॉन्ग मून वेर इज अ वीक मून प्लस मून अलाउज यू टू हैव एक्सट्रैक्ट जॉय एंड एंजॉयमेंट फ्रॉम अ वाइड रेंज ऑफ थिंग्स इफ द मून इज स्ट्रॉन्ग सो टू गिव एन एग्जाम्पल पर्सन विद अ वेरी स्ट्रॉन्ग मून वो इवन इफ यू फॉल्स इन द ड्रेन फिर भी मे नॉट पैनिक राइट नाउ आई कैन चेंज माई सर्कमस्टेंशियल सिचुएशन ठीक है कोई बात नहीं उसमें भी मजा आ रहा है ठीक है आई एम फाइन है उतना कुछ नहीं समय होगा तो देखा जाएगा मून इज वीक द स्लाइटेस्ट अमाउंट ऑफ डिस्टर्बेंस हैपन्स ओ माई गॉड वॉट द हेल इज हैपनिंग आई कैन टेक दिस ठीक है एंड बींग इन अवन मोर सेकेंड स्टेप ऑफ एनालिसिस सो बींग स्कॉर्पियो बींग स्कॉर्पियो इज अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग साइन इट्स गवर्नमेंट बाई मार्च सो देर इज अमाउंट देर कुड बी हाउ डू यू हाउ डज समबडी रिएक्ट टू अ डिस्टर्बेंस वन वे ऑफ रिएक्टिंग इज दैट यू कुड इंटरनली कर्स योर सेल्फ दैट ओके थिंग्स आर वेरी बैड और यू कुड जस्ट थ्रू अराउंड अ लॉर्ड ऑफ डिस्टर्बेंस टू एवरीबडी अराउंड की आई नॉट जस्ट आई एम डिस्टर्ब बट आई वॉन्ट टू थ्रो द डिस्ट इट हैपन्स टू पीपल ओके ये क्यों हुआ वो क्यों हुआ ऐसा क्यों हुआ ऐसा क्यों हुआ इट डजेंट मैटर वेदर द पर्सन यू आर टेलिंग इज रिस्पॉन्सिबल और नॉट बट मोर और लेस यू क्रिएट दैट एनवायरमेंटल डिस्टर्बेंस कैन बी क्रिएटेड ओके नाउ these get modified a lot because obviously a graha is never normally alone there will always be some aspect or some other graha something like that and those will modify the characteristics uh, characteristics i'm just talking about a very pure graha condition and no, almost no chart has this and this is important to mention because a lot of your listeners are going to say oh my moon is like this but i am not behaving like this or i am behaving like that or etc that's because there will be all other grahas it's like like chemistry you add things and final product comes in something else jyotish is also like that it's never going to be one graha alone Got i'm it. just talking about the basic qualities sure after moon let's go to mercury mercury is the so moon by the way also connects to the divine mother to the feminine okay uh depending on the position of the moon it could be various characteristics of the uh, devi which form of devi with somya mild form with its aggressive form with its kali with its chamunda with its tara <laughs> position of the moon can govern these things okay and uh, uh vishnu avatars also connect to them by the way like i said sun is connected to rama moon is connected to krishna so mercury is the graha buddha is the graha that is considered to be youthful It's perpetually youthful. It's it's like a prince. If sun is the king and moon is the queen of the horoscope, then Buddha is the prince. He is eternally in the teenage or just crossed teenage phase. He doesn't grow up beyond that. So he's very playful. He's extremely good in comedy. Okay, he has a remarkable memory. Buddha has to be strong for a person. who knows multiple languages without that you cannot learn languages is tremendous memory okay he hears something he remembers it he may not understand it though that's a different topic that goes to different graha that domain but he will be very good with it uh certain positions he may be very good in communication communication things are governed by buddha and certain positions of buddha can also make a person very good in yoga and and this is very strange it may sound certain combinations of buddha can also represent things like avichara or black magic okay buddha is fundamentally as i said it's a youthful graha and also by the way buddha also governs 
certain other aspects like um, uh, people who suffer from whether it's impotency or things like that or confusion regarding sexuality these are all governed by buddha okay, buddha has this capacity uh, it's 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 very playful it's very playful graha but also very powerful graha because as i said buddha's blessing if it's there on somebody they are very good in uh, uh, remembering things extremely sharp memory will be there they'll be very good with languages they can learn subjects very fast things like that they'll do it playfully there's no stress just like that they'll learn so but uh, not as i said the, all these characteristics that i'm talking of the grahas all of them will not manifest in an individual it again everything gets modified with the position where exactly is it and what other grahas are combining with it okay mm-hmm. so buddha becomes very powerful when it is in kanya kanya rashi which is uh, uh, virgo in english okay and it becomes very weak when it is in uh, meena or pisces okay kanya rashi is, uh, buddha is the strongest all the positive traits of the buddha ka huh. and if it's in pisces all the negative traits negative weaker traits and there will be disturbances okay. various other things see buddha is so important buddha is communication half the time when you have miscommunication jhagda ho raha hai ye ho raha hai buddha is playing some role or the other or even all forms of growth actually happen with communication yeah communication is very important hmm. for example what you do as a communication is a significant part of it so uh, buddha is very important for anything related to communication also buddha is very important acha buddha's other thing is that if buddha blesses an individual you will be very good in academics hmm. so studies and subjects and all that you will be very good the, the, often you will find people who have done multiple phd's and all that with certain combination of buddha okay not all but certain combination as i said he, buddha is that is very youthful is young uh, that energy is there in buddha <coughs> buddha connects to vishnu very strongly okay lord vishnu position of buddha will tell you which form of vishnu buddha also connects to among the devi forms connects to tripur sundari lalita tripur sundari she is a mahavidya and buddha can also connect to vatuka bhairava because he is somebody who is younger so these are things related to buddha let's go to the next say mars mangal Mars is the warrior among the grahas. Mars represents that martial spirit. Mars represents the ability aggression. Mars represents fighting ability. Mars represents fire. Okay. Mars uh, is the general among the uh, army. Virat Kohli. Sure he has a very strong mangal. All s- sportsmen who are into physical sports will have a strong Mars. it's impossible to be in physical sports whether it's cricket football or anything without a strong mars or the military ha huh, military too police military etc okay all these are all governed by mars strong mars uh, so mars becomes very powerful when it is in makar makar is capricorn and becomes very weak when it is in cancer okay cancer is karkat uh, rashi because it's governed by moon so it becomes it's not particularly a very graha that uh and that's emotional or things like that too watery okay mars connects to certain deities you know the first deity is hanuman ji okay then there is kandha or murugan who's the general of the army okay but mars also connects to narasimha of the vishnu avatars mars also connects to bagalamukhi among the dasamahavidyas now which, which one bagalamukhi 
ఫిజికలిటీ they very confident and that also makes them pure mars i'm talking about so there is self control also but pure mars is very rare the moment mars is touched by few other grass behavior will change for example if mars has any contact with rahu it becomes like a war like condition yuddha yuddha yoga okay they are put them into a conflict bas wo to matlab straight they'll go into it. singular mars will be very self controlled it will only enter if at all is needed just as much as it is needed to get result it'll come out but mars combined with other things will behave differently is this related to manglik certain positions of mars make an individual manglik is it true that when you marry a manglik it's bad for the partner and all these yeah like, they, okay according to astrology yeah so but there are ways to negate that also do you want to address that later in the episode or we'll try we'll just briefly touch upon it but not too much detail so basically uh, before i go to that so mars when it becomes weak uh, it can have first of all there could be acha uh, mars also represents blood by the way okay so there could be blood related problems plus there will be a weak constitution okay and again when a graha is weak it is fundamentally insecure so that individual will have certain degree of insecurity with respect to his own physical strength and that can manifest in very weird ways by the way which means sometimes what happens is if you are insecure about certain thing to cover up your insecurity you may try to be proactively more aggressive so a stronger mars will have more self control because he is confident of his power a weaker mars even at the slightest amount of disturbance ha ha chalo maar pit karta kuch something like that will try to behave in a way that is very you know aggressive it's basically because deep down there's an insecurity so you have to kind of prove more to yourself subconsciously no no i am very strong that psychology works with the grahas through the individual okay with mars we have this idea that it is uh, very commonly called as manglik manglik is basically certain combinations of mars are present in the horoscope whether they're in the 7th house 8th house couple of other years are there so that causes a disturbance in the married life previously it used to be believed that it will cause death to the spouse today mostly divorce or separation okay but there are uh, rituals and pujas that uh, can be done to pacify that or there are um, uh, combinations for example normally what they do is that there's a horoscope matching that can be done whether that other individual also has similar mangalik dosha so it kind of cancels it out to a degree okay not fully but to a degree so basically you will still fight but stay together <laughs> so okay. that kind of thing and then there are cancellations of yogas also there in chart which is another aspect just because a mars is in a certain position it's showing mangalik it may not show the result if there are some other combinations present so like this okay but mars is um, uh, uh, so all things related to military police etc is governed by mars and the deities that i mentioned these are the ones who can control mars 
if it is weak if it is negative if it needs some other disturbances manifest in it then we approach these deities and we worship them okay like for example hanuman ji gives you self belief yeah hanuman ji see deities are more powerful than the grahas remember this always so when you are approaching a devata for a specific graha related problem he can solve that problem but if you approach the devata for spirituality then he goes even deeper into spirituality he will take you beyond he can take you beyond any of the deities okay one more thing is that mars in a female horoscope can represent a partner boyfriend things like that okay can represent partner boyfriend now let's come to venus so venus has this very interesting thing venus is also known as kavya kavya means poetry so venus fundamentally gives you the ability all that is artistic in the world is governed by venus okay aesthetics is governed by venus whether it is wonderful aesthetics or weird aesthetics okay whether it is a classical painting और वेदर इट इज अ वेरी डिफिकल्ट मॉडर्निस्टिक और पोस्ट मॉडर्निस्टिक पेंटिंग जिसको जो किसी को समझ में नहीं आ रहा है दैट ऑल्सो इज वीनस बट डिफरेंट पोजिशन ऑफ द वीनस इट कुड बी दैट द वीनस इज वीकर वीकर वीनस बट अदर कॉम्बिनेशन आर देयर सो वेरी फेमस पेंटिंग बट यू आर नॉट एबल टू अंडरस्टैंड कि ये हो क्या रहा है वेर एज अ क्लासिकल पेंटिंग कुड बी अ वेरी क्लासिकली प्लेस्ड नाइसली प्लेस्ड वीनस ओके सो लाइक दैट सो वीनस गवर्नस इन जनरल इट गवर्नस वीमेन वीनस गवर्नस things of beauty whether uh, the way you are dressing up whether using a perfume and all that all these are venus jewelry is everything is venus poetry is venus the ability to write poetry is venus venus also governs tantra shastra i wonder who has a strong venus so. <laughs> <laughs> no there are other grahas also that govern but venus has one particular governing capacity of tantra and okay. this comes from venus is a uh, among the grahas venus is one of the gurus by the way there are only two gurus in the grahas venus is one of them and venus comes from shukracharya we find the reference to shukracharya many times in our scriptures shukracharya was uh, one of the rishis okay and he was the guru of the asuras and the daityas okay Shukracharya was born in the lineage of Bhrigu. Bhrigu was one of the rishis. Bhrigu, and Shukracharya was a terrific worshipper of Shiva. It is Shukracharya who gave us the Mrityunjaya mantra. He it is said that he went to uh, Kashi, and for five thousand years he worshipped Shiva in his in a normal way of Buddhist worship, and nothing happened. then he said i'll do severe austerities for 1000 years he worshiped shiva but making sure that he only consumes the smoke from burned grains nothing else only smoke in your eyes in your continuously for 1000 years while chanting the mantra of shiva sesik mantra after 1000 years they say that there's a there's a anecdotal story the other grahas and the other gods the gods came to see okay हाउ इज ई एबल टू डू दिस मच अमाउंट ऑफ साधना हाउ इज ई अमाउंट टू डू दिस मच अमाउंट सो गॉड्स केम इन दे वे लाइक दे नॉट डू दिस मच वॉट शुक्र इज डूइंग जस्ट इनहेलिंग स्मोक कैन इमेजिन मैन इज ऑलमोस्ट आई इज अ ब्लाइंड काइंड ऑफ विथ स्मोक एंड ऑल दैट 
and is continuously worshipping. After thousand years, they tell Shiva that please give him whatever he wants. Stop this. Because if he keeps doing that, he alone will control everything. Shiva appears before him and tells him, I'll teach you one thing. I'll teach you the Mrita Sanjeevani Vidya. How to bring the dead back to life. Something that no one else has got. He gives him that. Shukra uses that then to revive the Asuras during the battle. Okay. So he is able to bring back all the uh, divine beings and all that. So then the Pramathas or the Shivaganas, they come to Shiva and say that he is reviving all the Asuras back. All the wounds are going and there again. So how will we defeat them ever? Then Shiva tells Nandi, who is Shiva's greatest bhakta, does that go and catch him and bring him here. Okay. So he gets Shukra back. Shiva digests Shukra, takes him inside his body, eats. Inside the body of Shiva, he is seeing that all the 14 lokas are there, universes are there, everything is there. Gods are there, asuras are there. Whatever is happening outside, everything is inside his body only. Okay. And in this, he is not able to come out of that state. Because he's, they say that I think for hundreds of years, he stayed inside the body of Shiva. Okay. And the asuras obviously became weaker because he was not using the vidya to revive them anymore. So the king, gods started winning. After that, finding no other excuse, no other way out, he was able to come out from the sexual organ of Shiva. Then Shiva told him that by this act you become like my son. Okay. And you will have mastery over certain aspects. So Shiva's so he gets the name Shukra. Shukra, the word also means semen. Shukracharya. He has, Venus controls everything about sexuality. In the sense, normal sexuality. Okay. Everything, whether a person looking at the condition of Shukra, you can find out A to Z about a person's um, various things about his sexuality and things like that. Okay. Including even um, those aspects which are, for example, used in Tantra, some of the aspects where Maithuna is used in Tantra, whether it can be done on, whether an individual will be able to do it or not, depends on the Shukra. Wow. Shukra knows the Vidya to revive somebody. If Shukra is strong in a person, certain things, you there are practices they can do by which, even if they may be aging, they still look young. It is the capacity of Shukra to give you that. Shukra is fundamentally passion. See, moon and shukra, both are likeness, but there is a difference. Both are feminine grahas. There is a difference. Moon is that general bliss and happiness. Everything is fine. Shukra is passion. This is what he applies in the sadhana. He says that, no, no, I have to get Shiva. Like mad, he does a sadhana. Everybody is stunned. How the hell is he able to do this? So much of penance, austerity. Okay. This is the capacity of Shukra. Without Shukra, it is very difficult to succeed in the world because you don't have passion for something. If you don't have passion, you are not going to put in that effort. And passion could be for anything. Passion could be for sadhana also. And once passion is in something, it doesn't feel like effort. Exactly. Then it is not work anymore. Anybody who has done something terrific will need to have some blessings of Shukra. Venus will have to be in a good place in their chart. Yes. For them, material growth. Correct. Not just material. That's what. There are certain combinations. There's a particular combination of Venus, Saturn and Ketu present in the chart. It shows a tapasvi yoga. You are able to do tapasva, tapasya, which means that you are able to do penances, hard penances. 
okay because you like doing it once as you said once you start liking something then to it is not effort anymore then mm. no one has to prod you to go to office or go to school or something like that you on your own will do it okay that is the blessing of shukra and it's very very important in many things on a very low level i know that if your venus is in a good place you are said to have a lot of sex in your life <laughs> ha that is one way of looking at it so basically what happens is that two things venus does govern sex but also it governs the for a for a man venus also governs his wife or girlfriend or something like that whatever his partner okay venus by itself is women all women are governed by venus in fact uh by looking at the position of venus you can make out even that how how what are the physical features and various other really ah a lot of things okay so not just venus other grahas are there but venus is a key component of it okay and uh, so venus connects to lakshmi mahalakshmi and also among the mahavidyas she venus connects to kamalatmika is a mahavidya okay that's the tantric form of lakshmi but again a graha is never alone so once it has influence of other grahas its character and behavior changes venus by the way also controls things like films and all that you can never be famous as a film actor or somebody who's well known until your venus is well placed and connected to certain places in the horoscope okay that visibility that see that's the thing venus that connection of lot of people okay uh, that that kind of fame with respect to uh, films and things like that all are somehow governed by venus one of the artistic fields media for example also venus totally okay after venus let's go to jupiter okay. jupiter is the second is the guru of the devatas okay jupiter is masculine in nature jupiter is guru in the traditional sense he's heavy okay he has a certain there's a certain gravity and a weight in jupiter somebody who's influenced by jupiter the moment they sit in a room you will understand that jupiter is strong so they they not they'll not joke around and all that it's not intimidating kind of heavy but you feel that okay this person knows a lot or this person has a lot of depth in him that is jupiter okay uh venus by the way also governs jewels diamond and all that those business you cannot enter jewelry business you cannot enter without venus influence especially uh, gemstones and rare stones and rare materials and all that things now jupiter is the guru of the grahas okay he is the uh, he teaches the devatas not the grahas he teaches the gods how to fight whatever other vidyas have to be taught etc he is that way he represents the vedas and the vedanta he is the traditional path okay completely jyotish and all traditionally all under his domain his influence jupiter also represents wisdom mercury i had mentioned that has the ability to learn lot of things but you may learn a thing you whether you are digesting it or not that governs jupiter whether you are realizing it or not okay that is jupiter's domain jupiter represents gold it represents lot of wealth it represents banking systems so very often clean wealth but it's very important jupiter is jupiter is fundamentally ethical 
it doesn't like non ethical things because it's a guru of the grahas it will never do any shortcut business ethics is very important okay jupiter also weight is there so there are certain combinations of jupiter if it's present then people tend to put on weight there's a certain heaviness heaviness in their aura heaviness also physically can happen okay jupiter becomes very strong when it is placed in cancer karkata rashi and it becomes very weak when it's placed in capricorn okay just the opposite of mars uh jupiter can connect to any graha any deity for that matter but certain placements depending on placements it can represent shiva or it can represent a very cosmic form of vishnu okay very large form of vishnu jupiter can also represent a very cosmic form of ganpati very powerful form of ganpati so there are uh, more details of it uh, which stotra of ganpati will connect to jupiter in this form uh, and from the tantric point of view jupiter represents matara okay so jupiter has these characteristics jupiter's blessing on an individual means he will be very deeply learned so subjects like um i would say for example say physics these are all governed by jupiter or philosophy 100% jupiter without a strong jupiter you will not that depth will not come okay. jupiter has that uh, very they are very sincere jupiter doesn't like shortcuts and do nambari kaam nahi hoga jupiter okay it's very ethical very sincere hard working and jupiter's blessing is very important to digest experiences correctly digest the experience spirituality jupiter plays a very important role whatever other grahas may be they have their own role to play but jupiter plays a role in the sense that jupiter puts you in the right path no shortcuts hard working and it helps you to finally expand and digest experiences that's one of the key things about jupiter i already mentioned matara links to jupiter certain conditions of jupiter she has to be worshiped to bring the person out on the negative side jupiter is acha jupiter is another fundamental quality is that it expands it likes expansion okay a negative jupiter can also bring in diseases by the way in an individual like cancer and things like that sudden uncontrolled expansion of cells or something like that. Uh, jupiter likes sweet things a person's strong jupiter we can more or less say will like sweet as a taste jupiter also there are karakatvas of grahas karakatva means lordships what does it control there are two types of lordships of a graha which is till now what i was telling you was the naisargika karakatva which means natural lordship so jupiter naturally lords gold jupiter naturally lords certain things but in an horoscope it may have some functional lordship also which depends later we'll go into that but so jupiter uh, because of this if jupiter is afflicted you will you may see diseases like sugar blood sugar and things like that these are also governed hormonal problems are governed by jupiter sometimes okay some kind of uh, hormonal imbalance or things like that in a woman's horoscope jupiter may govern her husband so you can understand the basic nature of the husband by looking at the position of the jupiter okay and general wealth and wisdom and all these things are there so is the deva guru then we come to saturn 
Shani. Shani. The most interesting one for a lot of viewers. Shani is fundamentally a graha of discipline and taskmaster. It likes hard work. It likes people who do hard work. A positive Shani means they will be very hard working. Negative Shani means they will be extremely lazy. Okay. Lazy, indolent, types. Okay. And the more lazy you become, the more your Shani is going to cause you trouble. Simplest, I'm saying, of course, it all gets modified based on various other factors. But this is number one. So hard work and discipline is what Shani likes. Number two, Shani likes uh, masses. Lower level, not the elites. Shani dislikes elite. See, Shani is actually son of Surya. The son of the sun. Yeah. In the mythological lores that we get, he is a son of Surya. Okay. But he dislikes Surya. Completely dislikes him. Shani just dislikes sun. Okay. Because sun can project the ego. Arrogance and confidence. Shani likes humility. Just the opposite. The more humble one is. So Shani's idea is that you be humble and do hard work. Then why does Shani have a negative connotation? That is because certain positions of Saturn, if it is placed. So these are the two things that are told. But fundamentally, people may not neither be humble nor hardworking. Okay. So then uh, Shani also, among other things, it, it rules things like something that is very long lasting. Okay. So if Shani gives you a trouble, it is going to last for a very long time. Okay. Mm. For example, what I said about um, discipline and all that, this is the fundamental nature of the Graha. But if Shani is negative okay, and is troublesome, then it can cause a lot of trouble because it is slow also. Okay. And also another thing with Shani is that it, it likes justice. Okay. If there is something wrong or some injustice that has happened or being done, something, it likes dishing out that justice to that individual during its period. That can be very painful. Okay. Shani worships Bhairava and Kali. These are the two go-to graha devatas who can control Shani to an extent. But also, here let me say, that some of the most fixed karmas, we are speaking of Jira karmas, are also governed by certain positions of Saturn. Saturn in that sense is, many people will say that Saturn is a karmic graha. Basically, what it means is that Saturn likes giving this justice business. So you have taken shortcuts X, Y, Z, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Saturn comes in and he gives you full hisab. So he's like that credit card bill that comes in. First you enjoy, then, you, then the bill will come. So that is what he is and that is where people, that's why people get scared because obviously uh, somewhere or the other, if you have taken shortcuts or some things like that, then Saturn comes in and is going to make you pay. And you, There's no no escaping it. It's not that simple to know to escape Saturn so easily. It's very, it itself is humble. See, escaping means what? Suppose sun or the other grahas are weak or something like that. You do some pujas or japas or something like that for the grahas. That's basically a way of placating the graha. To placate Shani is very difficult. Because it's very humble. It is not looking for your praises too much. And that's why you say the Hanuman Chalisa. <laughs> Hanuman Chalisa can help. But it has to be significant amount of Hanuman Chalisa. Okay. Hanumanji has the ability to control the nine grahas, by the way. Other deities also have. Hanuman Chalisa is very popular, so that's why 
वी यूज दैट अच्छा सैटन ऑल्सो कंट्रोल्स वेरियस बींग्स ऑफ द लोअर रिल्स सो पोजिशन ऑफ सैटन कैन टेल यू वेदर एक्स वाइज एर इंडिविजुअल विल हैव कॉन्टेक्ट विद दीज कैंड ऑफ एंटिटीज आर नॉट स्पिरिट्स ऑल्सो समटाइम्स कैन बी गवर्न बाई सैटन सैटन ऑल्सो इंडिकेट्स सो सैटन इंडिकेट्स जनरली दर्कर क्लास ओके वन ऑफ द वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग रेमेडीज ऑफ सैटन आई नो अ फ्रेंड हुज यूजेज दिस टेल पीपल फॉर एग्जाम्पल सैटन इज डिफिकल्ट इन समबडीज हॉर्स्कोप सो टेल इम दैट इन योर हाउस on a specific day you yourself clean the toilets that's something a very menial kind of work precisely what saturn likes no don't let the servant or somebody else do it you do it you don't like it so what that's the attitude that if you have then saturn is going to turn slightly favorable towards you it hates ego it hates uh arrogance it hates lack of humility it hates lack of discipline but unfortunately the whole world suffers from these things a lot and saturn also gives in his justice his his very justice oriented in that sense by the way saturn can give in certain combinations exceptional amount of wealth so much wealth that no other graha can give in fact you can take it this way that perhaps some of the greatest uh, the richest people some of them would likely to have certain combinations of saturn certain places when saturn gives wealth it's like unthinkable amount of wealth will come but there is a catch involved saturn is one of the now there are grahas of other combinations also so there are certain grahas which are more crura crura means more um um say let's say freers or something not so may not gentle okay saturn is one of the crura grahas sun is also crura graha by the way saturn is a crura graha so saturn's combine if if a wealth comes from saturn there are uh, it is not a natural domain of saturn natural domain of saturn is hard work and discipline being an unnatural domain you can be certain that if a person if a horoscope combination shows that this person made a lot of money with respect to saturn there will always be shortcuts involved corruption yeah yeah okay because it's not is not a natural domain okay saturn also represents imprisonment and things like that like the ring of saturn is like a test you're caged up for some time yeah and if you pass that yes, test yes, you're rewarded yes sort of so and uh, is is it true that at the end of your saturn phase mm. there's a reward always no not always it's it's a popular saying sometimes it is true but sometimes it may not be true okay. again all of it depends on the position of saturn okay and as i mentioned there are certain combinations of saturn which if present there's no cure possible for that if whatever is the affliction nothing no amount of upasana of any deity no amount of going to anywhere else is going to bring any relief just have to go through that okay so that is the lesson that nature is going to teach you saturn is very good in teaching lessons uh to keep certain degree of control over saturn saturn also by the way controls uh, oil and things like that these are all governed by saturn people often ask i'll do hanuman chalisa once once mein to kuch nahi hone wala hai 10000 saal mein bhi kuch nahi hoga so do depending on the amount of trouble you are in you decide ki how much you have to do okay so that it should be 
you know of the same level as the intensity of difficulty that you are facing then only there is a chance that you will have some relief from it okay now we go to rahu hmm. so rahu is basically an asura the story goes that rahu after this uh, after the churning of the ocean cosmic ocean was done then there was amrita that came out okay many things came out of which one of them was amrita amrita makes you immortal so rahu a an asura disguises himself and goes the gods have taken the amrita and they're having she goes there he says that i want the amrita also so he disguises himself and he sits and he takes a bit of the amrita in his mouth okay immediately there is a vishnu there he understands that okay this is uh, this is not a god this is a asura so he uses his sudarshan and cuts off his head okay so the amrita comes into his mouth doesn't go into the body so two parts come out one is the head and one is the tail so the head is rahu of the asura and the tail is ketu body tail or body whatever okay but because he had amrita so he becomes immortal okay rahu is a head without a body rahu has its own interesting nature the primary natures of rahu is that it is a master in creating illusions absolute master okay number 1 number 2 is that rahu tries to eat everything okay grasp and eat but it can't digest everything because it doesn't have a body so rahu influence means you are trying to you will try to in that specific area or something try to spread very fast but whether you are able to integrate that properly that you don't know in fact very often that is precisely what the illusion is very fast expansion in certain ways or very fast uh, yeah expansion only for lack of better words but whether that is being integrated or not if it is not being integrated then eventually there is going to suddenly burst that is one of the problems with rahu okay uh, rahu also governs spirits okay because it doesn't have a physical presence rahu is extremely powerful because all these domains illusions this that etc these are all things in the mind imagination a certain com- combination of rahu can give tremendous imagination okay rahu is also in a way like the, the the physical domain is there and then there is the occult domain he is the doorway between the physical and the occult he can take you to that realm both in a positive and a negative sense rahu is extremely brave but this bravery is different from that of mars Mars is like full scale warfare Rahu is like a bomb blast even a moment before that you don't know what is going to happen suddenly it will burst and everything is you are like shocked out of your mind okay Rahu has another ability it can read through conspiracies no other grah can if there is some conspiracy all the conspiracy theories in the world are Rahu's doing he loves creating conspiracies whether they are real or not and it also gives you the ability to see through a conspiracy any individual is working in a spy agency or something like this you can't do that work until your rahu is strong it's impossible or politics speculating equations being made this will work that will work all that is rahu's domain internet full scale rahu all youtubers we we this age is rahu by the way we call it kali yuga 
this is the age when rahu is most powerful so rahu is not always bad by the way i'm not saying that rahu is bad technology is entirely rahu today you have 50 60 years ago people used to think that you know what is going to be a computer large computer maybe like the size of a room or something today that whole processing power is there in your telephone okay it's becoming small it's becoming more powerful things are changing very fast anything that changes fast is rahu's domain quickly it is going to shift things okay rahu grasps attention very quickly which is why the phone is the attention grabber in this today's age everybody take the phone away you are like uh, <laughs> like a fish out of water okay so these things rahu can control uh, on the positive side rahu gives a lot of courage very strong courage rahu also as i mentioned uh, can influence a person into black magic or these things both both being a victim of it or somebody who is doing it okay plus uh, the world of spirits and all that rahu has full uh, uh, connection to it a certain combination of grahas can indicate that somebody may be affected by spirits rahu has control over it rahu also controls uh, animals not animals rather it's like insects and all that cockroaches spiders this that all these are governed by rahus okay rahu to control rahu there are few deities who are very good in controlling rahu uh, primary of them is madurga primary of them then also bhairava is very good in controlling rahu extremely potent in controlling rahu okay rahu can lead to addictions by the way certain combinations with rahu more or less you can be certain that they'll have addiction and very difficult to get out of addiction and combinations of rahu are there is present so these two other deities are also there in the tantric ye uh, in the dasmaha vidya devi chinnamasta is the one who controls rahu okay chinnamasta is extremely aggressive but this judgment is to be correctly applied when to worship which deity for relief okay if whatever is there acha rahu has the ability to eclipse the sun and the moon sun and moon are the most power, fundamental grahas in the horoscope because sun i told you is deeper level is soul and moon is the mind your soul and mind are the most important things rahu can cause eclipse to that and that is going to cause certain behavioral changes in that individual even when we have eclipses outside by the way you will see that two things there eclipse is a very peculiar time one is that when an eclipse is happening temples are closed okay normal dharma normal sense of right and wrong what is to be done and what is to be not done dharma and adharma has a certain flow okay whenever rahu grasps the sun and the moon it causes a tremendous change in the energy in the atmospheric energy spiritual energy of the uh, place where that eclipse is happening even on the world at a subtle level but more specifically at the place where the eclipse is happening so normal dharma gets disturbed that is one of the reasons why temples are closed uh traditionally there's certain sutak that is followed which means that you don't eat food for a certain period of time until the eclipse gets over then you take a bath and things like that you don't see an eclipse directly and i am not talking about the scientific aspect and all that but spiritually they have their own meaning why these are not done and this is good to follow okay but that period is also extremely good for spiritual practice what you can achieve through years of practice in normal time you can achieve in one or two hours during a grahan because rahu is like that veil 
between the world you see and the world that you cannot see explosive growth explosive he can lift that veil also he caused that veil also and in fact there are certain um, outside india there are certain places where rahu worship is very common outside india yeah yeah certain places rahu worship rahu tattoos and rahu pujas are done specifically but uh, the power is used more for material purposes some positive some negative what is it called in english uh i don't know what is it called but they call it rahu only okay uh and uh rahu's ability to see through conspiracy is very useful correctly placed rahu can also help you dominate your enemies because even before they make a move you know what they are trying to do he can see that thing okay rahu is also your link to your subconscious mind all the other grahas are functioning in your conscious rahu is where the subconscious business starts in okay good or bad whatever but either way and even hanuman ji also can be certain sadhanas are there hanuman ji which can be done to control rahu another thing is that rahu can show in a horoscope things like we were discussing sarpa dosha and all that placement of rahu determines that rahu also controls nagas and sarpas and all that okay snakes and all are rahus so after rahu let's go to ketu ketu is the body of rahu without the head ketu governs again like rahu it governs all spirits particularly spirits but also high level of spirituality very high level see jupiter as i was mentioning is more like uh, uh, wisdom and philosophy yes but this is mysticism mystical experiences very strange experiences but also spirits okay both of them are very much there and it also governs a certain degree of detachment correctly placed ketu will govern detachment correctly placed ketu can also show whether a person will attain to very high states like nirvana and all these things certain but that is a, in my opinion that judgment should not be done because very high when you talk about that level of spirituality they actually go beyond grahas okay it's not it's it's what happens is that after a person has achieved something then people try to retrofit and say ki iske liye hua uske liye hua but actually that level of spirituality is beyond grahas okay. ketu is also very brave okay but ketu is a bit mindless so ketu is irrational completely because doesn't have a head so wherever ketu is placed that is the area where you will work mostly either out of intuition or whatever organic feeling you have uh thinking too much is not going to help wherever the ketu is placed in the horoscope so ketu requires a head one of the best deities to worship to control ketu is ganpati okay because ganpati himself has his head replaced by uh worshiping ganpati is very good to bring ketu under some degree of control and feeding fishes and things like that they are also governed by ketu okay so ketu's placement tells you a about spirits and about detachment also detachment means it can be very a strong degree of detachment in the sense if suppose the house of spouse has ketu then it may show that the marriage um in the marriage there is a certain degree of could be a disconnect between the husband and wife maybe same house they are staying but there is no connection properly it's like two roommates that's it kind of so those things it could be in other areas also 
So these are the three fundamental themes of Ketu. One is that it could be spirits or it could be high level of spirituality. Achha, Ketu also governs very high level of mathematical ability, by the way. Very high level. I'm not talking ordinary level. This is like uh, international uh, best mathematicians of the world. Um, that is very typically Ketu has this ability. Or very high caliber chess players. Not just normal chess players. This is like super grandmasters. Okay. Where they're looking at the most complicated positions. Because after some point, Ketu is the graha of intuition. Most important graha of intuition. Because it doesn't think. The mind is not there. Your intuition gets blocked because you have a rational mind. Okay. But rational mind has its uses. Because until the intuition is... Uh, purified and correctly built on, it will guide you wrongly because you are getting, you can get information from all sorts of places. Uh, so Ketu governs these things uh, and uh, among deities, one of the, as I mentioned, the first deity to worship is Ganpati for that matter. There are certain Ganesh Rudrakshas which with energized with mantras, they can help an individual during Ketu uh, troubles. If there are very significant amount of problems, a certain placement of Ketu. In Tantra, the Mahavidya known as Dhumavati to control Ketu. She is one of the most peculiar Mahavidyas. Okay. Uh, Ketu also controls things like smoke, particular. So Rahu and Ketu's differences, to give an example, suppose somebody is afflicted by a disease. If you if Rahu is the cause of the disease, uh, you go to a doctor, the doctor will tell you, ha ha, this is what the is. You go to doctor B, he will say, ah, it's very simple, no problem, but he will give you different diagnosis. You go to 10 different places, all of them will give you full confidence. Ki ekdam 100% will get cured, but 10 different diagnosis. If Ketu is governing the disease, 10, 110 doctors also will not find out ki what is the root cause of the problem. So it's like this smokiness about it. It's not the vision is not there. Clarity is not there. And Rahu is the pretense of clarity. Rahu's illusion, Ketu's mystery. Sort of. In a way, briefly saying that is right. And uh, both of them get involved in yogas. Obviously, they're always seven houses apart. Rahu and Ketu will always be seven houses apart. Okay. And they get involved in the uh, Grahan and all these things, etc. So, so Ketu fundamentally is in a way both intuition, spirituality, spirits uh, and detachment. These things are governed by Ketu. Okay. That's it. That's the, That's the nine Grahas. <laughs> okay. This is the point where I would also like you to explain the houses. Okay. In terms of, let's make this personalized for the end viewer. There's a lot of people who don't understand astrology. Mm. But I feel like if they get an idea of what houses stand for, it suddenly makes you interested in astrology for the first time. I would always kind of laugh at my mom who's very into it. Oh, all this doesn't work. And when she explained the houses and she explained the positions of my planets, I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Mm -hmm. kind of describe my personality mm -hmm. I would even laugh at all these friends of mine who talk about oh you're a Libra mm -hmm. that means uh, you could date a Gemini <laughs> I would laugh at my friends until I just realized that there's some truth in mm -hmm. astrology mm -hmm. and the more I learn about it the more humble I got about the subject but it began with understanding what those 12 houses right. stand for mm -hmm. on a very personal level mm -hmm. I will let you expand on this thought let's start with the first house First house is the Lagna, okay, which we call uh, Lagna is the 
zodiac that comes up in the eastern horizon at the moment of birth of an individual okay of the 12 houses whatever is coming up at the eastern horizon as in the map of where you were born at what time you were born you look at the eastern horizon correct whatever is there whatever sign house rashi is coming up that is the lagna the question is is there a sun there is there mercury in that part is there venus in that ha, part that comes the second part first is you you fix the lagna okay from where the calculations are to be done gotcha. okay so lagna is your house number 1 Okay, it could be any house, lagna. So lagna determines the individual's first basic personality. It, it determines ki uh, what is their uh, physically, how do they look, and things like that, and their thinking process. Lagna is perhaps, in a way, the self. You are the lagna, first. Okay, how you think, how you determine, how you work, and all that, everything will be governed by lagna. Can you explain that looks part based on? if the sun is in that part or the moon is in that part. no so it there are multiple combinations possible in this uh, along with the lagna there has to be there is the so the trines of the individual okay the reason i'm not going into the specific combinations because the end, there are endless combinations okay and okay. it take and too long to not just too long it take years to actually grasp <laughs> Ah, there are so many combinations possible. You will have only through practice. This is the basics I'm talking. But once a person starts practicing and all that, eventually they are, then you will develop your method of understanding how is the looks. So sometimes it's possible that even a, in a Krura graha, some of the grahas, they can give fantastic looks in an individual. Okay. okay. But there will be something in the personality that is not absolutely clean. Okay. So all these things are various possibilities are there. uh this is house number 1 okay it also gives a general idea about your health whether as i said it is like yourself how do you look at yourself okay also how like the world would know you no that's no. Huh, that's very interesting there is another calculation that goes not at the first level of second level so there is something known as the arudha lagna there is a specific combination which finds out specific house will have that and from that point if you look at the horoscope then you will understand how the world looks at you you may think you are xyz the world may think you are something else wow okay because jyotish goes to that depth gotcha okay okay your second house governs things like food what do you like eating how do you speak okay what's your manner of speech is it sweet is it rough uh, do you lie are you truthful all these things you can find out number 2 wealth that comes from your family are you born into a rich family well off family does your family support you etc like this family means parents side we family okay after marriage it becomes your spouse and all that family more or less shows the support of your family resources that your family can provide for you your food habits your speech these things okay uh, i am just giving broad ideas remember that this nine grahas and 12 rashis govern everything in the universe if you, if jyotish is to be take you know we look at from the jyotish point of view so that means that each houses and each grahas will have a huge list of things actually connected to them but these are the most primary things that i'm talking about okay third house for example is communication written communication okay it is also the house of courage how much whether a person is brave or whether a person is not brave you can figure out from the third house okay uh, it also gives short travels sh not very long okay maybe from mumbai to pune or things like that short travels 
इट ऑल्सो गवर्नस स्पोर्ट्स ओके आर यू वेदर यू आर इंक्लाइन टूवर्ड स्पोर्ट्स फिजिकल स्पोर्ट्स नॉट नॉट चेस एंड ऑल दैट ओके दोज थिंग्स सो एंड या इट ऑल्सो गवर्नस योर सिबलिंग्स स्पेसिफिकली यंगर सिबलिंग्स दोज यू आर यंगर देन यू वेदर यू हैव अ सिबलिंग और नॉट वॉट इज योर इक्वेशन विद द सिबलिंग एवरीथिंग थर्ड हाउस विल टेल यू दैट योर फोर्थ हाउस is your mother and also the house your home where are you staying okay uh along with that it, it from the fourth house you can figure out things like um, whether you are you will stay in a country of your birth you go to a different place uh, what is your equation with your mother first thing okay uh then <clears throat> is the vastu of your place correct or not wow where you are staying this is almost like intrusively like an x-ray on someone's life yeah that's how deep astrology can go if it's in the hands of and a right and this i'm talking is just the starting level there are more other things there okay even the charts in jyotish are not one one is your rashi chart which is this i'm talking about then there is navamsa and then there are 10 15 other subtle levels of charts if i have to check your spirituality i will check a particular horoscope which will give a more detailed view of one aspect of your life if i need to check something else uh, say uh, you know there are various other aspects so like this there are multiple charts and that is why one of the typical questions that come in that if twins are there of similar birth Uh, why are their lives different? Because even if there is a difference in a few seconds, those subtle, those secondary, tertiary charts will all start changing. Wow. Okay. So this level, Western astrology does not have. It's only Jyotish that has it. Uh, so we dealt with fourth house is basically your home. Fourth house also determines one very interesting thing: Are you happy or not? Very simply put, your sense of happiness, peace. Fourth house is your heart also. That's one of the first spiritual houses. Fourth, okay. Then comes fifth house. Fifth house governs creativity. How imaginative are you? How creative are you? Okay. One more thing. Fourth house also governs your uh, primary education, school, okay, school education and all that. Fifth house will start governing your higher education, your creativity. most importantly all artistic people must have certain strong combinations with the fifth house fifth house also governs your children if people have problems in childbirth often there is some problem in the fifth house okay uh, it's sort of your vision of the future sometimes it happens that there may be a negative grah or some other problematic combination in the fifth house so that individual does not have a clear vision of where am i going in the future or you will make plans and they'll never succeed that's one of the things that fifth house causes the problem okay so fifth house governs these things fifth house also governs by the way among many other houses also there but fifth is the first one that governs your mantra what is the natural affinity of the mantra which which mantra will work naturally for you as in each of the grahas has its own deity no. this is generally speaking okay to <laughs> to give an example if somebody has suppose and the, mind you again i'm saying that there are multiple combinations this is just i'm telling you one so in um, suppose fifth house is mars 
now we have learned that mars controls mars is connected to hanuman ji mars is connected to narasimha mars is connected to skandha to bagalamukhi you can choose one of these deities depending on some other key, what are the influences there on mars and say that you can start these deities upasana okay fifth house governs your first natural liking and the beauty of this is that each house from its shrines which is the from that house if you connect to fifth and ninth of the house <laughs> if, you, if you do a calculation 1 2 3 4 if you take that as the base and connect the fifth one and the ninth one so these houses will have a natural liking towards each other 1 5 9 from any house so basically means yourself is house 1 5 is your children so generally humanity will have a love for their child okay if you did not if this was not there why would a person take care of a child what what about the ninth ah ninth is your forefathers your father okay so this makes a very interesting yourself your future and your past they are linked together okay we've at the fifth house fifth house now let's come to the sixth house this is the first difficult house in the horoscope uh sixth is the house of diseases sixth is the house of enemies sixth is the house of debts sixth is the house of court cases all these things will come from sixth house okay uh so if there is if there's a problem of uh, enemies or things like that difficulties from looking at the combination in the sixth house and the grahas you can make out that whether uh, how long it is going to last or what is the way to get out of it or if at all you can get out of it or not and plus diseases and all that all that is governed by sixth house okay uh on the positive side sixth house can also indicate service service means um to serve somebody without expectation that also governs that is also governed by the sixth house okay then comes seventh house seventh house is the house of your spouse your partner seventh house is also the window to the world okay because it's just opposite to yourself seventh house is also a house of business a partnership if you're doing a business so whether you are you will work or whether you will do business in that seventh house plays a key role to determine but more or less your marriage and relationships first thing is that seventh house it will govern very interestingly by the way i just for fifth house governs a feeling of love but whether that translates into something concrete eventually will be governed by the seventh house and it is the job of the person who is doing the analysis to see you how it links up everything okay then comes the eighth house this is the mysterious house uh bad and good bad because it is a house where if a graha is placed more or less it is going to give you trouble that's certain just like sixth house sixth house is going to give you trouble seventh house eighth house is also going to give you trouble eighth house is everything in your life that you cannot see everything that you cannot predict you thought that every all all bases are covered eighth house is what you never expect to happen unexpected things accidents nobody expects an accident right absolutely unknown things that comes from eighth house whether sometimes you will see a person 
normal life is leading out of the blue he acquires some wealth or something like that happens or something some sudden change that comes in positive or negative it's all eight thoughts that which you could not predict before no one could predict out of the blue it will happen eight thoughts also governs your longevity more or less how many years you will survive eight thoughts is death eight thoughts is sex seventh house is also sex but eighth house shows whether a person enjoys it or not and it can also govern and show you if there are any kind of diseases or anything related to sexuality all that will come out from the eighth house eighth house is occult almost every individual who is good in occult will have certain strong eighth house combinations okay because occult means what that which you cannot actually see in the normal sense that's where your occult starts eighth house governs all that okay eighth house also governs things like kundalini and thing all that so uh, eighth house also governs inheritance very interestingly okay whether you will attain inheritance it also governs whether you will attain any inheritance from your spouse some people may marry into a very rich family okay get something from there so all that is governed by the condition of the eighth house then comes to ninth house ninth house is your father ninth house is your dharma ninth house is your guru because father is your first guru in a way when a child is born is considered uh, ninth house shows more or less ki if a person what kind of guru and what kind of guidance he will receive where he will receive the guidance from uh, what teachers how is his equation with the teachers okay these things will come out from the ninth house plus ninth house also governs things like suppose you are doing phd and that type of that level of study ninth house comes into play okay uh, pitru doshas and all that if there are there in the chart they are reflected uh, among other things in through the ninth house also okay so ninth house is fundamentally your guru acha ninth house also is your devata by the way not just fifth ninth is also your devata ninth is not just a devata it is in your house or your wherever you do your spiritual practice it governs and shows what kind of spiritual practice is it doing is that space nice or is the space problematic or whatever many things can come in ninth house ninth house is your connection to god okay then comes 10th house 10th house is very powerful house 10th house is your karma ninth is dharma 10th is karma karma is fundamentally where are you placed in society how is society looking at you what have you achieved in life what is your area of work so basically when questions on career and work comes in 10th becomes very important you see that what kind of work you can do hmm. so now if you link this knowledge with the see initials of jyotish are people have to remember these things if you don't remember you'll never be able to do jyotish this should be completely inside your head so we have talked about mars as a graha that connects to uh, police and army and suppose someone has mars placed in the 10th house very strong you can more or less predict that okay this guy is going to likely to go into police or some this type of work okay because that is the area of work and that is the graha place there now if you change mars and suppose venus comes in safely predict either going to be in some fashion industry or media or something like that change it to moon okay moon had said among other things is that food so maybe he should open a restaurant see change it to sun try for government jobs upsc this that it's just straight away 10th house is also <clears throat> um, 
in some ple- some people consider 10th also to be father okay uh, but more or less fundamentally 10th shows your uh, kind of your s- s- where do you stand in society what work you can do and how far you will succeed and things like that okay so that makes it a very crucial house for people okay 10th is that <clears throat> then comes to 11th house 11th house governs things like wealth your earning okay how much salary are you getting or how much what is your earning from the work you are getting whatever you are doing okay 11th house is first thing is earnings second thing about 11th house is that um it also rules your friends how is your friend circle okay so if you have a rahu in your 11th house you will have rahu influence friends around you okay like that these two connections are very simple so once you remember these two first step of jyotish is to remember these things unless you remember them you will never be able to do you remember them then you uh, then you apply after that you practice and apply and there are other sadhanas you do which can make you better in jyotish many things are there anyway so wealth earnings specifically salary what we call the, all these things are 11th house 11th house is also your uh, friends 11th house is also your elder sibling somebody who's elder to you if you have an elder sibling if if at all you have an elder sibling what is your equation with the elder sibling all these things will come in 11th house okay and 11th house is also your relatives more or less broadly speaking see uh, what i'm again whatever the see uh, as i'm saying about the different houses these are like the first level there are more things involved as i said nine grahas 12 houses govern everything in the world if you can see it that way okay so obviously the list will be very heavy after 11th so 11th house uh if somebody has a um to give an example if somebody has jupiter in the 11th house he'll make a lot of wealth or he'll be clean wealth because jupiter is an ethical grah somebody has say rahu in the 11th house he'll be very rich in fact negative grahas neg- not negative crura grahas in the 11th house bring tremendous amount of wealth but there'll always be some corruption involved in it is not going to be in fact understanding these things in a horoscope you can look at a person's horoscope and see that is he amenable to corruption or not can you bribe this person or not <laughs> even better than predicting what is going to happen later horoscopes work even more powerfully in understanding the nature of the person how is he going to react if you know your fundamentals in jyotish well you so, can figure out if you have data on the person's date time and place of birth you have some level of power over the person uh one way of looking at it that way but nature is smarter than you remember <laughs> this always so it, nature is never going to give power to somebody who doesn't deserve it there is a responsibility that comes in with jyotish uh not to be misused and if you start frivolously using it after some time your predictions all of them will go wrong you can try you can mug up all the texts in the world still the art of prediction is something different it will still will be key things are not going correct so nature has its own way of balancing things big boss is nature <laughs> then uh, after the 11th house we come to the 12th house 12th house is also sort of a negative house just like 6th and 8th 12th 
there is something negative and then there is something positive also in the negative sense 12th house represents things uh, 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 hidden enemies you may have uh, hospitalization long term diseases secret relationships okay which are not there in public secretly some affair or something going on etc on the positive side 12th house can represent meditative capacity 12th house is uh, uh, it's like that part of the mind or that zone it's also your sleep by the way yeah so of those you sleep so looking at 12th house you can figure out ki whether a person dreams a lot dreams less good dreams bad dreams many things can you can figure out uh, and yes um, meditative capacity whether you can meditate because meditation is also like sleep except you are not losing consciousness completely okay you are being aware and you are going to a different zone how far you can meditate or not depends on often very good meditators have very strong grahas in the 12th house okay so these are the 12 houses now we're done with the theory of astrology yes wow and this is not even 1% of the subject no no there's lot of other things okay at this point in the show i have to ask you some faqs okay. frequently asked questions all right let's talk about sare sati acha so sare sati is uh, saturn's transit over moon basically so saturn is what a very dry planet as i told you it's very in that sense very disciplined planet it's not an emotional planet moon is an emotional graph whenever these two come together more or less it is going to cause you pain okay because it's it's very diverse nature as in, in when it meets in your first house no no anywhere it meets that house it will cause some pain so if it meets in your house of spouse it will cause fights pain in your marriage if it meets in fights house, or some other problem with the other okay. if it meets in your career house it will cause career problems yes yes okay okay but this is the general in the horoscopic combination but what is known as sare sati is that uh, so now there are two aspects to the grahas one is that you are born with a certain combination of grahas apart from that the grahas are always moving transiting right through the zodiac so that is called as transit or gochara hmm. okay so when the grahas are these two have to be combined together for predictions when saturn is passing over your moon that is known as sarasati because saturn takes two and a half years to cross one rashi hmm. okay so basically uh, saturn's influence starts even before it reaches your moon which means to give an example uh, we were talking about the 12 houses say say aries let's just say aries aries before aries you have pisces and after aries you have taurus so somebody's moon is in aries suppose saturn is passing through pisces it will start its effect on the moon already two and a half years of pisces then two and a half years of aries then two and a half years of taurus seven and a half years it is going to influence the moon that's why sare sati sare sati but wow. it is not always bad it's more of projection that has been done that it is very bad sometimes it will be bad and in some individuals it may not be bad okay it depends on multiple factors which is other planetary positions in your chart planetary positions fundamental strength of the horoscope suppose somebody's moon already has an influence of saturn which means that right from younger age only they are accustomed to getting beaten up by life so there were koi farak nahi padta hai mere ko theek hai alag se it is not going to be worse than what is already there hmm. okay. so that's in a way of looking at ha theek hai chill hai koi baat nahi theek hai suppose sare sath is running but your dasha is positive dasha means now there is the other concept of time each of the grahas get a certain time which it governs your life 
Okay. So your dasha is positive. You will find more or less positive results. Zada, you will not, Sarasati will not impact you that much. Okay. Or if the moon is very strongly placed, you will have the ability to withstand whatever Saturn is teaching you. Okay. Um, I have to ask you some more mystical questions as well. Okay. Uh, if I take up monkhood a year from now, will my entire chart be turned upside down because I'm shedding off my identity and all that? No. It's not that easy to get out of the grass. Grass will already indicate that whether you are taking up monkhood or not. Okay. A person gets out of the influence of grass at a very, 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 very late stage. In the spiritual journey. In the spiritual journey. If you are a good, if you have good grasp of the subject and you have some blessings of some deities, or, there are people like that. You can figure out for a long part of the journey. To go out of the influence of grahas, yeah, it is possible. It comes at a much later stage, not the initial stages. Okay. So, effectively, for the average human, what should be the approach towards astrology, according to you? After studying astrology so much, should you even be knowing your future? Uh, that depends on you. I think, for <laughs> see, even this is also such an interesting question. You can see a chart and say that whether this person will be able to learn astrology or not. No, in terms of, should everyone even be getting their charts read? Right. So, uh, in terms of when there is a difficulty, it is good to have some amount of guidance from it. But also understand that don't go into specific details of it. Specific details means uh, astrology has this problem of weakening the mind also in some cases. Which means once you take some reading, so you will feel for every small thing you will think that, okay, let's just check the chart. No, it doesn't work that way. Look at a broad perspective. Broad perspective means, okay, I am running this particular graha. These are the themes related to my chart, which will work for the next few years. This broad idea you have, then you use your own natural intelligence and hard work and work. Do not, if, do not, some people have that. It's a weakness of the mind. Every day morning you go and open your chart and see what is going to happen. That is all nonsense. Mm. So that will weaken the mind. Mm. Astrology is very good if used in the right degree. When they do your kundali matching before mm. marriage, mm. what is actually happening? Are you superimposing the two charts on each other? No, uh, kind of. But basically you are seeing that what is the level of compatibility at uh, in using various parameters. Multiple parameters are there. Okay. Uh, some parameters are whether there is a mental compatibility, uh, whether there is a family-wise compatibility because marriage is considered not just at least when these were devised. So marriage is not just about two individuals. It's like two families coming together. So if uh, sometimes it may show that uh, there may be lack of compatibility among the families. Okay. Uh, physical compatibility between the individuals, um, whether there's a support system. And then there are a few other factors which are more mystical in nature, which shows that, okay, is this union going to bring forth a positive result in terms of children and other things and growth? These So all these things are taken into account. That's one aspect of it, but that is not a final aspect. Final aspect means in my experience, uh, what is the standard matching of horoscopes is not enough. Apart from that, there are also some other techniques to find out whether uh, there is a certain level of compatibility or not possible. It becomes very crucial to do that today because um, unlike past, we have the option of divorces here. Uh, past, there was no divorces. So you get married, you are like stuck in there, more or less. Okay. 
today people get married after few years not even that less than that things don't match you move out okay so therefore accordingly understanding also has to change and have a more uh, uh, you know according so so whether there is a certain degree of compatibility in the grahas that also has to be checked there's never going to be by the way a perfect compatibility that doesn't happen have you seen a marriage where there is a bad compatibility theoretically according to the kundli but then it ends up in a good marriage is that possible or it's unlikely so it depends on what you mean by good marriage isn't it like they rate it on a score of 34 or 36 36 yeah and then above a certain point also is not good and then below a certain point is also not good you just ah, need- so that that's exactly what i was telling in the previous one which is the previous answer i was saying so this is the we call the guna matching no? what are the gunas guna uh, qualities basically of matching etc it's like the mathematics of compatibility yeah but it is not foolproof okay i have seen cases where people have had low scores but they have had good more or less good I, no one no marriage is perfect ever hmm. okay but more or less good and they're doing good whereas i've seen cases where the matching has shown very high scores but it did not last that's why i say that that is not enough there is to be a basic also checking of the condition of the grahas and how they is kind of superimpose the chart with its own techniques and all are there so that gives a more deeper clarity whether these two individuals are fit to be together how much does intense levels of tantra shift your entire chart no nothing shifts your entire chart okay that idea to you take it out of the head first it is going to be more, <laughs> i have not seen anybody being able to change their entire chart what not just tantra let's make it more generic so spiritual practices you can here is the thing if you have reached a level where you have developed a connection with your ishta devata whoever it is proper connection not just theoretical ekdam proper connection then the ishta devata has a far higher intelligence than you he or she will guide you through those times which no astrologer can guide ever that is a way of so it is not that the karmas are vanishing the karmic momentum that thing is coming towards you but the ishta devata knows how to bypass this you have a bodyguard then more of them it's like a, you have surrendered to that devata they will take care was it comes to the same thing as i mentioned ramakrishna paramahamsa was giving an example that suppose somebody's leg is supposed to be cut because of some karmic thing or accident or something like that he does a lot of sadhana instead of cutting the leg there may be just a pin prick that karma is getting nullified okay okay this level however is not easy it can only come when the ishta devata takes control of a person's life and that is not at all easy it's okay. what about astrology tv shows and channels that talk about wearing gemstones or even crystals like these these are loosely related to astrology mm-hmm. what is the role of crystals gemstones and all in like changing your behavioral patterns or your story mm. so fundamentally astrology has this other aspect that is i, I was talking about the uh, the pariharam or the upaya the remedial measures if there is something that is problematic first of all whether it can be remedied and what is the best way to remedy that among the remedial measures that are possible there are multiple things worship of deities specific mantras to be done specific activities to be performed or wearing of specific gemstones related to the grahas now which of these remedies are going to work for an individual that is for the astrologer to determine okay 
okay it is not necessary for everybody to wear these gemstones neither is it um, in some cases it will work very well so it, it, that that uh, judgment has to be done by the person who is looking at the horoscope crystals entered my life very organically naturally mm, mm. and i've gotten really into them mm. lately mm. is it because of something in my charts that it came samne se uh possible is there any logic like if you buy too many crystals you're playing too much with your karmas no no so first of all don't worry about playing with the karmas and all that those things are whatever is to like like a particular amount of um, uh particular momentum of events that are supposed to happen kind of going to happen anyway that is going to come so uh, <laughs> that get that idea very clear in your head first okay that is not going to specifically if there is something that is going to cause a strong impact on your consciousness that is sort of prefixed ab as an individual what you can do is that how do you prepare yourself for it so it is not that bringing too many crystals are going to cause anything bad i mean i have not dealt with crystals too much uh, gemstones and all is fine but crystals i haven't dealt so i am i do not think that there is anything negative that is going to happen if you know what you are doing and what you are dealing with and i believe that crystals can hold energies uh i think somebody who's more into crystals may be able to explain better but i don't think it is one way or the other it is not going to shift your karma so easily unless and here is again coming back to the three types of karma that i have told you if there are adhira karmas there are weak karmas etc dosto you can shift through these things but remember that which is a adhira karma in a horoscope anybody's horoscope that um, nothing can change okay nothing in the world will change that is you have to go through that i mean again i keep boiling myself back down to this deity question and tantra question it's not easy to spiritually progress that's one thing i figured you need discipline hard work will power yes you're earning all that spiritual progress through so much will power and discipline hmm. it doesn't shift anything ha <laughs> yeah, next life it will shift na <laughs> <laughs> so only only for next life you're preparing right now take t- these are not things of one lifetime it's like that student who is working hard for an exam that's two days away thinking so, that i'll make my yeah day tomorrow easier uh-huh. Uh-huh. i'll just revise tomorrow uh-huh. but i'll finish my portion today <laughs> yeah it's it's not necessarily going to bring you the right results so you have to take expand your understanding of the time skills in our system for jyotish and this and then karma it is not um, uh, so death is not the end so you are carrying forward some things from here and the practices you are doing are modifying what is what you are going to get the next time okay specifically when there are fixed karmas that cannot be changed so this is the way to go about it do you think we've missed out anything in this conversation on jyotish yeah 90% is left <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about jyotish sadhanas you said that even yeah. a good jyotish has to follow certain spiritual disciplines right so today most of them don't okay almost nobody who is into jyotish does any kind of zyada nahi karta sadhana and all that but in a previous era there used to be the norm that before you start reading charts and all that uh you start getting uh, some connection to some deity okay and that helps you in specifically there are going to be horoscopes so there are going to be things which are going to be tricky when it is tricky then see this is what i told you is the logic 
But after this, there are many things to be weighed in the chart, right? So that is not a particularly scientific, that's not mathematical. It's something that organically, intuitively you have to determine that these are the grahas, these are the positive, these are the negative. So where does it weigh? Is it going to be finally positive or finally negative? That governing capacity is an individual's capacity. Same horoscope you give to 10 people, it's, if it's a slightly tricky horoscope, they may come with 10 different interpretations of it. So which is the right one? There you need some inspiration from some data. That's why previously it used to be. Uh, today's time, I would say that if somebody is interested in Jyotish, one of the best things to do is worship Ganpati. He has the knowledge and he has the, if he blesses somebody, you will learn Jyotish. If you have um, the basics you are meant to learn, then uh, Ganpati is the best deity. One of the best deities to worship. But not the only deity. Why did you get into it? I was just curious. Someday I remember somebody uh, somebody gave the chart and all, somebody gave some readings and all that. So I just thought that you know, let's see what is there in it. So I bought some books and started reading. And uh, after that I started predicting just like that. And slowly, slowly it uh, knowledge accumulated practice. That's how it started. Okay. Um, what sadhanas should those uh, professional astrologers be doing right now? So most of them that I have met do not do any sadhanas. So there, uh, I feel that their uh, correct prediction, volume of correct prediction, many factors are there. Their own horoscopes are also there. What? Their own horoscopes are also there. Suppose an astrologer is passing through a bad time. He may know everything, but his predictions are going to all fail. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I feel that generally, as I mentioned, the worship of Ganpati is very good. If not Ganpati, then if you have an Ishta Devata, whom you connect to, some, even a little bit of connection, then it's good to worship that deity. And uh, it will build up a stronger uh, chance of success in predicting. Finally, the end of the day, Jyotish is about prediction. You may know all the theory and your predictions may all go wrong. Hmm. Then it's not much useful, right? So it's a way of divination. Okay. A palmistry hmm. and face reading related subjects. To Jyotish? Yeah. Palmistry is related to Jyotish in some senses. So your palm does have Haan. some Those notes. who know palmistry, they can figure out ki how the grahas are placed. Really? Haan. Wow. Do you know palmistry? A little bit. Really? <laughs> you know my chart. So I by seeing my chart. hand, do you see parallels? Uh, no, no, I will not go into okay, the specifics okay. <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> no, that I will, uh, that's not yeah. But uh, yeah, palmistry can okay. uh, give you some hint. But there are other things also. Jyotish is, I rely more on Jyotish than on palmistry if needed. Uh, but Jyotish has this, uh, other aspects as I mentioned to you, Muhurta and there is something called a Prashna. That's very interesting. What is Prashna? Prashna is, suppose you have a question and you are serious about the question. Okay, Not, not a frivolous question, but seriously something is bothering you, etc. You may not have your birth data and all that. It can still be answered. Because the moment that question comes in your head and you decide to take help from somebody, you approach somebody, I have this doubt, I have this question. The grahas at that moment, at that place, it's like a birth chart. Time, place and uh, uh, that date, these three at that moment, will give you an answer, ki what, is, what is the answer to that question? Is it, is it positive, negative, 
will it work out will it not work out what are the obstacles what time everything damn that is prashna damn and uh, specifically in south uh, in kerala lot of uh, texts were created on prashna and fantastic texts are there great texts are there prashna tantra they call it so many things everything can be in fact whenever there's a doubt in the horoscope not just doubt here's the other thing just somebody uh, in the horoscope for example is your um, accumulated karmas from past right so there are certain astrologers who will suppose you approach them but it has to be done in seriousness that's what i say astrology should not be frivolous ki um, i get up in the morning and i have nothing to do and i just open some chart no if you really need help at that time only you should approach an astrologer or use astrology if you are if you know that thing so you open your birth horoscope but at the same time look at the grahas in the sky compare this to that will tell you that whether you have in this life you have done positive things or negative things you said that if you have a burning desire to know something important and you go to a good jyotish he will look up at the sky basically which is the astrological chart mm. and he'll be able to predict time which means time and space are always connected in terms of your life and its outcomes and results will be a result of what point in your timeline you're at but okay. you'll get a trailer and a preview by looking at the stars and the wall with designs around you yes so uh, if i understand what you're saying correctly so yes at any given point if you approach the astrologer with a specific burning question in your head at that moment the condition of the grahas where they are placed in which rashi etc treat it like a birth chart at that moment looking at the grahas you can figure out that whether that specific thing that you have in mind whether it will what what is the outcome of that positive negative how much time it will require what needs to be done etc everything you can find out makes me think even more that we're living inside a simulation which we are according to spiritual theory that we've spoken about in all these other episodes and astrology is basically god's way of giving you a hint about what's going to happen in your version of the simulation in the near or far future uh yeah uh depends on how you define god <laughs> <laughs> the universe uh, the universe the universe is like a software universe oh. is like a software so constantly there's a feedback loop everything that you're doing is getting fed into that whatever algorithm it has and it's churning out that okay yeah you are doing this so this is the outcome that is going to come this is the outcome it's constantly real time it's happening okay which means that what actions you perform can also modify it if you give it a certain amount of time and that time is not always in one lifetime i have a friend who's recently started studying the bhagavad gita okay through classes and she's not so into spirituality so i actually wanted to know what she picked up from the bhagavad gita like what's the basic understanding mm. she said that the gita says that there's actually no such thing as good or bad we look at it as good or bad based on our conditioning and our stories till that point the universe is just reacting to your karmas so effectively what you're meant to do in the present moment is just try being a good person and try getting more spiritualized it basically boils down to that because you can't help what's going to happen to you it's because it's happened in your past and you might look at it as a bad event but it's actually just an outcome of what you've done in the past already my view no please that's why i'm bringing up this. so again slight deviation from what exactly you asked so whenever somebody tells me that geeta says this first question is tell me the shloka 
ओके बिकॉज द गीता इज द मोस्ट पॉपुलर बुक ऑल्सो इज द मोस्ट अब्यूज बुक really people have their own understanding fed into the geeta geeta ye bhi bol raha hai wo bhi bol raha hai finally to ek din pata chalega geeta mane one book will have for everything geeta is wonderful text but geeta is not at all an easy text people have made it easy because they have own their own understanding also they fed into uh, because uh, first of all nobody knows most people don't know sanskrit they read commentaries commentaries ka bhi commentaries padte hain <laughs> and then they add up things and pick up one two shlokas from here and there and make up an idea acha gita may be saying that gita says a lot of things about lot of things by the way gita is a progression from chapter 1 to chapter 18 it is a progression you cannot suddenly randomly pick up one verse from here and one verse from there in one place uh, krishna tells arjuna that you have to go beyond the vedas because the vedas are three gunas again at uh, i think 16th or 17th chapter he says the person who does not follow the shastras what is written in the shruti and uh, smriti and shruti which is the vedas and the vedanga and the adharma shastra etc is acting out of its free will and is mostly deluded so one place is saying go beyond the vedas other place is saying that everything is the vedas how do you reconcile these two unless you ask this question reconciliation to aayega hi nahi anyway this is going to a tangent <laughs> on the bhagavad gita it's a very terrific text but it's also a text that uh to to imbibe it correctly uh, i feel that uh, both at a spiritual and an intellectual level it requires a certain degree of uh, uh, practice maturity and other things are involved in it so it's fantastic so anyway whenever somebody tells that geeta says this first question i ask is that please tell me which shloka is telling this then i can answer you because uh, you might think that the geeta is saying this i might read the shloka and find a different meaning out of it mm. in the context of the other verses Okay, because it's not that one verse has to be taken out of context. There's a reason why he says all. He he speaks of moksha, I think, in the fourth or fifth chapter, but he doesn't stop the Gita then. No, he could have just said Arjuna attain moksha, everything is over. Now after that also there are other things going on. <laughs> I think this is the end of the episode. <laughs> all right. Is there anything we've missed out on, sir? On Jyotish, anything that you'd like to mention? Uh. learn jyotish respect jyotish do not abuse jyotish lot of people abuse jyotish abuse of jyotish is every day morning wake up and see what is there in my horoscope that's an abuse of the vidya it's a very powerful vidya it is more powerful than intuitions and other things i've seen people with intuitions they're good but if you have trust on jyotish it's a vidya that vidya has to come to you once it comes to you then and you respect that vidya by not being frivolous about it do not just open your chart just like that randomly ya koi dost aake bol raha hai no earlier times the astrologers who were really careful they were also deeply spiritual so they would uh, uh specific days spe- they'll sit pro- you know they'd expect the person who is coming to come with a certain degree of calmness you take a bath and you you know like you go to a spiritual place like that you just don't wake up and kuch phone karke ye nahi and those days it used to happen that you have to be physically present in front of the astrologer because today the phones and all are there uh it's so powerful an art i don't call it a science it's an art so powerful an art the way you come into the room the way you sit the which part of the body you are touching by that only already i have an understanding ki which graha is influencing you if i am good with my knowledge of the basics and if i have some blessings of the deities then there is another part i forgot to mention this there is another astrology which is very uh, very powerful it's called the deva prashna 
it's down in in south it's quite popular in north it's very rare deva prashna means how do you know the will of a deity in a temple how do you know the will of a deity in a temple yes you can know that definitely there are there's a there's a huge astrological exercise that is done not everybody can do it people who are trained in it can do it deva prashna they call it it can go on for days you mean a particular temple what is that temple's purpose no then the devata in the temple if you go say you go to tirupati there's lord venkateshwara inside if you go to kashi kashi vishweshwara inside what do you think is there just a vigraha no there is a deity present there and what is the deity thinking what is the deity want what is his or her will and in south it is very commonly done in great temples and everything you can ask you may even ask lot of questions you may put a uh, lot of questions you may put um, and that questions will tell you various answers to what to do what not to do i know a specific case uh, uh, of an individual friend of mine uh, they had a temple uh, and uh, i think they were vishnavas uh, so this is very interest i love this episode uh, so they had uh, the some things were going on so they invited one of the most Uh, knowledgeable people and one of the most advanced people to do a deva prashna so he came with his team and all that and he sits there all it's a vishnava setting um, they are all vishnavas and all that and there's this small boy so he just calls that boy and says that uh, randomly take a name of the god you like best and this boy says shiva who knows why he says shiva everybody is like little stunned because it's completely vishnava they don't you know engage with other details and then the deva prashna starts one after the other one after the from that point it's like a nimitta it's a sign because uh, <clears throat> they started with certain kinds of uh, they have their own so people who do engage in these type of jyotish are spiritual people ordinary jyotishis cannot do these things okay so as the deva prashna keeps going on uh, he finds out more and more about shiva it's turning out shiva and then says that in your family there is some shiva temple that is there which is being neglected and that is causing all these issues the deity is not happy then they found that yes there was a shiva temple that was given uh, they were given to take care of which was not taken care properly and neglected and then they built certain things based on the prashna certain tanks a couple of other things specific pujas and all were done and the issues started getting all resolved and things like that deva prashna is a way to know the will of the deity in the temple cross the boundary of this universe no it is more or less so what is a deity in a temple a devata see deities gods we have shiva in the universe but we also have the jyotirlingas so a portion of shiva's energy which is as divine same tattva comes and resides there for the benefit of humanity okay it resides in the shivalinga and we do worship of it we benefit from it within a certain geographical area it will have its influence because the ultimate the cosmic shiva out of his own kindness he comes in because not everybody can uh, connect to that shiva na so he he comes in in the jyotirlingas and the other places with tremendous amount of power so that ordinary people can benefit from there but the power has still some geographical uh, limitations within which it works okay in fact having temples of deities who are worshiped in certain places built in the right manner and it it uh, cements uh, sort of the positive energy of that place and ensures that negativity or things are reduced uh, i just wanted this to be an astrology 101 right for people to kind of understand what's going on in eastern mm-hmm. astrology because there's a big 
upsurge in the popularity of western astrology and i think mm. people from all over the world mm. do turn to india when we talk about these metaphysical right subjects right so i hope that this piece that we've created mm. finds its way to the rest of the world as well so right. hope so uh, do you think we did justice to uh, yeah at least at the starting point it's good like this is the abc's of ABC. astrology yeah rajesh nandi sir again thank you uh, thank you looking forward to another episode with you yeah thank Namaste. you so much so that was the episode for today i want to make a lot more episodes about astrology so if you have guest recommendations please let me know tell me what you thought about this slightly hatke trs episode There are more episodes with Rajarshi Nandi that will be released very very soon. So stay tuned for some more epic TRS episodes, and please keep sending in your guest suggestions. We'll be back very soon, everyone.